My name is Levi Hebner with Hebner Cattle Company in Atkins, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA released its monthly cattle on feed report Friday, and it was a bit bearish for the cattle market. We'll take a closer look at the numbers in the report coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Even with the very harsh drought the Texas High Plains has been struggling with, there are still some crops out in the fields. And for those crops, this past weekend's rains were a true blessing. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. People wanting to sell rural land in Texas are now waiting as the devastating summer drought has altered the look of many ranches. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today. Cotton harvest is in full swing here in the lower coastal bend region of South Texas. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA released the monthly cattle on feed report Friday afternoon. Oklahoma State University Livestock Marketing Specialist Daryl Peel looks at the numbers. This August uh, cattle on feed report uh, showed that placements in the month of July were 101.8%, rounded to 102% of last year's level. Marketings were 96% of last year's level. And that gives us an August 1 uh, cattle on feed inventory. It's 101.4%, so up 1.4% year over year. The placements number was the biggest surprise in the report, with pre-report estimates expecting placements to go down. But that was not the case. Obviously, the expectations generally were for about 3% less than that. You know, on the other hand, I think if you quiz people, you know, the fact that we've got such drought conditions, it, and this is really drought-driven, I think, because, uh, you know, the drought is forcing us to do things we don't necessarily want to do. You know, that's what we're seeing here is, is really the drought, uh, again, forcing cattle to move into the market uh, sooner than we planned. Oklahoma State's Daryl Peel. We have seen some big numbers of cattle at Texas livestock auctions this summer thanks to the drought. Ronnie Hardin is owner of Graham Livestock Commission in Graham, Texas. He says the week after the 4th of July, his barn sold a record 4,442 head. Over the last three weeks to a month, the uh, Piker cow run is tremendously. They're 
which they flooded this packer market. So it, it has took a pretty good hit. Cow-calf, bread cows, been really steady pretty good but you could tell last week they're starting to take a hit because you know these people are cutting their herds in half and the reason they're here because they're out of grass or out of water it's hard for some of these people to buy them and take them back home right now because that's what they're doing they're cutting in half Harden says the bigger runs have attracted more buyers and that has helped to support the market Welcome rain has fallen in many areas of Texas, giving at least some temporary relief from drought and wildfires. The rain that we're getting right now is great. It's given us a a temporary reprieve, but the long-term drought is still there. That's Karen Stafford with the Texas A&M Forest Service. She says once the rains are gone... The risk for fires will continue. I think the biggest thing to keep in mind right now is that Texas is in such an extreme drought situation and we will be for a while still. So really be careful with any type of outdoor activity that could create heat or sparks because right now it's not taking much to start these fires. So, you know, any spark from any ignition source will create a wildfire. Stafford says to make sure the fire extinguishers on tractors and combines are charged and ready and to be extra careful when welding. The drought has been brutal for Texas crops this year, but James Hunt tells us recent rains have been a blessing for those Texas High Plains crops that are still hanging on. Things got fairly rainy for two or three days in our region, especially over the weekend. Not every location in the Texas High Plains got particularly large quantities of moisture, but much of the area did receive totals between two to four inches, and in some cases even more than that. One area that fared pretty well was Def Smith County, the county that includes Hereford, where Extension Agent Rick Ackerman says this weekend's measurements ranged from an inch to around three inches. It was a good slow rain. Most of it, I would say, went in, so it's probably one of the better rains we've had in a while. Ackerman says there have also been some other recent rains in the county benefiting summer crops. On the cotton, I think it's done great, especially on the irrigate. Now, the dry lands of it was gone a long time ago. They helped out on the corn, I know. They probably saved, you know, where they had three to six inches saved, the irrigation or two on that corn. Corn's coming along pretty good, so, and depending on, you know, what they're going to do with that corn crop, whether it's silage or for grain, could be finishing it out, so that would be very helpful. Looking northeast to Ockeltree County, which includes Perryton, Extension Agent Scott Strawn says only about a quarter inch to a half inch fell there this weekend, but there have also been some other recent rains, and late-planted corn has gotten a boost. It hasn't been enough to really shut off the wells, but it does kind of get some of this corn out of a deficit situation. And Strawn says sorghum has also gotten a lift. We have a lot of dryland grain sorghum, and a lot of it's at the heading stage right now in grain field, and this rain at this time was very beneficial. We just need more, but a lot of this storm is heading out, and actually, again, it depends where you're at in the county where you got more rain or not, but this storm, a lot of this dryland storm is still hanging in there, so this was helpful. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. How has the Texas drought affected potential sellers of rural property? Tom Nicoletti has an answer. From a seller's standpoint, the very dry and hot summer weather conditions have slowed or completely stopped the selling process of rural land in Texas. Here is Holland Hall broker partner Tyler Jacobs. I think you just nailed it, Tom. The reality is is that property that was likely on its way to come to market was getting ready to come to market or or they were, you know, leaning towards that process. A lot of those sellers have hit pause because the reality of what their ranches look like. 
And, you know, drought is just devastating on the scenic elements of a ranch, green grass and live trees and bountiful game and running water and big, full, pretty lakes. It's kind of the equivalent of attempting to sell your car that, you know, hadn't had a a good wash or or had trash taken out of it in in six months. You know, the it's hard to put properties out in their best light during a drought. These ranches are, are, are just as, as dependent on the rainfall for, you know, their beauty and what they offer, you know, to, to these buyers. And so sellers are just, you know, I think holding back just a little embarrassed about the way their, their ranches look, even though it's no fault of theirs, you know, you can, you could have the best management program in the world right now. And, and your ranch probably doesn't look like you want it to look right now. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton harvest is in full swing in the Texas coastal bend. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, cotton harvest has been underway for the past couple of weeks and is currently in full swing here in the coastal bend, but it doesn't seem as highly intensified in activities as we normally see. Usually at this time of the year, custom harvest crews are seen uh, everywhere early in the morning at convenience stores, getting their breakfast tacos and restocking their ice chests for their days of harvest activities out in the field. And you can see module trucks running up and down the road, hauling those round modules to the gins. But this year, there's not that much activity. And that really stands to reason since probably as much as 60% of the planted acres that went in the ground back in March failed to emerge and not produce a bowl. So local farmers who have cotton harvest equipment are doing the bulk of the harvest this year, not relying on the custom crews. And since those acres that did remain are estimated to have only a half of crop that we've seen in recent years. The amount of modules moving to the gins are much slower and all in all, a disappointing harvest underway here in the coastal bend, but that has a trickle down effect, less revenue for ginners, gin workers, and even those convenience store workers who help out with the crews and the motels that accommodate those harvest crews that come into our area. The drought has been pretty tough here the last three months. I look back at my rainfall records and I have received just over a quarter of an inch during the three-month period. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. If you haven't yet purchased your new season hunting or fishing license, there's something you can do to help speed up the process. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And sheep and goats have different vitamin and mineral needs than other ruminants. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas A&M Forest Service is helping to protect lives, property, and livelihoods from wildfire. Dangerous wildfire weather conditions in the state can look like just any other day. Hot, dry, and windy. But a specific mix of weather factors can be conducive to a devastating wildfire outbreak. Learn what to look for. Listen to officials. Evacuate early. Your actions could help save your life 
property, and livelihood. For more information on wildfire weather warnings, visit TICC.TAMU.EDU. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Sheep and goats have different vitamin and mineral needs than other ruminants. Dr. Bob Judd tells why. Dr. Scott Radke indicated at the 2021 American Association of Bovine Practitioners Convention that sometimes infectious agents overshadow nutrition when a health problem develops in small ruminants. Inadequate or excessive amount of minerals can cause detrimental effects. One of the most important minerals in small ruminants is copper, as it is essential in the diet. However, excessive copper can be detrimental in sheep, as sheep are more sensitive to excessive copper than goats and cattle. Feeds intended for other species like cattle usually have higher levels of copper than are required for sheep, and feeding sheep mineral balance for cattle can result in a destruction of red blood cells, leading to weakness, wobbling, icterus, or yelling of the tissues, and red to brown urine. Most affected sheep die in one to two days, so never offer a sheep feed designed for other animals. Copper is required in the diet, and a deficiency can also cause disease. But it is important to make sure that copper levels in the diet are correct. Selenium is a mineral required for the immune system and other body functions, and many areas are selenium deficient. So ask your local veterinarian about selenium deficiencies in your area, and small ruminants in some areas will require supplementation. Selenium deficiency can lead to white muscle disease, usually in young ruminants resulting in pale and weak heart and skeletal muscles. Selenium toxicity can result from a mistake at the feed mill or lots of plants growing in certain pastures can accumulate selenium and cause heart muscle damage and bleeding into the lungs. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you haven't yet purchased a new hunting or fishing license, there's something you can do to speed up the process. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Texas hunters and anglers, if you haven't yet purchased your New Year hunting and fishing license, now is the time. Current year licenses, with the exception of year-to-date licenses, expire at the end of the month. Mike Hobson, license manager for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says if you buy your license in person at a state park, TPWD office, or at a retailer, it is helpful if you bring your current license with you. If you are a previous licensed buyer with Parks and Wildlife, the best way to make sure and get the license and get it linked to your account is to use the customer number that's located right above your name on your old license. That is the absolute best thing to take to you to a store. At that point, my system will 100% identify you and that number. It'll link you perfectly. If you can't get that, you can use your driver's license. Sometimes we find people inadvertently will hand over like a concealed carry license or an ID card. And because the numbers are the same, sometimes that creates confusion and might produce a second account in our system. We try to avoid that just because it causes issues for customers and for our retailers trying to locate people and get them the right thing. But you can use your driver's license. If you're a new buyer, you have to provide your social security number. That's a federal requirement. But if you're not a new buyer and you want to make sure and get it linked to the correct account, you can provide your social security number as well. You can buy your license online and find retailers on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. That's tpwd.texas.gov. 
For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. We saw a mixed trade in the agricultural markets on Tuesday. Live cattle higher, feeder cattle lower, and a big jump in the corn market. We'll check out all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, everybody. This is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, every day on the radio, I have to report on how awful everything is in Texas agriculture right now. The heat, the drought, the markets. I just can't imagine how this is making you feel as a Texas farmer or rancher. Well, if it's getting to you, I want to ask you to give some friends of mine a call. It's called the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number, 833 833- 8972474833897 Farmers and ranchers are some of the toughest people on earth but hey we all need help sometimes if you just need somebody to talk to in these tough times give them a call 8338972474 or if you can't write it down go to farmlifehelp.com Do me a favor don't wait call them today We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Tuesday. Live cattle managing to gain ground, but the feeder cattle market closed lower, mainly on that big jump we saw in the corn market. We'll get to that in just a minute. First, we'll start with the cattle markets, where August live cattle were up 40 cents, 141.62. October live cattle up 10 at 144.60. The December up 15, 150.67. Feeder cattle lower across the board. August down 50 cents at 180.90. September feeders down $1.90 at 182.45. While October feeder cattle dropped 202 to close at 184.45. Cash fed cattle market seeing some very light trade. A few hundred cattle reported sold in Iowa at 149 on a live basis. That's three bucks higher compared to last week. Here in the South, we see bids at 142 in Texas feedlots asking 145 this week. Boxed beef prices mixed on Tuesday. Choice down 44 cents at 264.08. Select up $1.12 at $239.48. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler, part of the Butler cattle family who own Nixon and Beeville, sold cattle in Beeville on Friday. I spoke with Rodney Sunday night about the results of that Friday sale. Rodney, how many noses did you end up counting? Uh, like I told you, uh, Thursday, we were a little short, but we had ended up with 242 head of cattle and no horses, and I think we had 13 goats. But that old market was steady to active, sir. Good. Walk the pins with us, please. All right. Your 200, 300 pound steers, $1.82 to 220. Heifers, $1.60 to $1.80. Your 300, 400 pound steers, $1.64 to $1.96. Heifers, $1.43 to $1.75. Your 400, 500 pound steers, $1.57 to $1.95. Your heifers, $1.50 to $1.72. Your 500, 600 pound steers, $1.40. 
$1.35 to $1.75. Heifers, $1.42 to $1.50. 600 to 700-pound steers, $1.34 to $1.57. Heifers, $1.38 to $1.46. And your 700 to 800-pound steers were $1.36 to $1.50. And heifers were $1.24 to $1.30. Packer cows seem like they put a little money on Packer cows. They brought anywhere from 30 to 88 cents. Bulls brought from 49 to $1.07. Stocker cows brought anywhere from 62 to 96. And our pairs we had Friday brought anywhere from 9, 10 to 1,200 and a quarter, sir. Good. What do you anticipate for this next Friday sale? Uh, I don't know of any cattle coming that, that I know of right now. And uh, hopefully we get some rain in the areas all this week and we'll be short again. But that's a good thing, sir. Yes, sir. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Rodney Butler. Yeah, if I can help market your cattle down here in South Texas, call me at 361-358-1727. Or you can reach me on my mobile, 645-5002. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Neighbor, of course, that's Rodney Butler at Beville Livestock. They sell them every Friday. And neighbor, I'm Larry Marble, and this is Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. And I do this every Monday through Friday, and I like it so much I'll send you another one tomorrow. Until then, good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over the futures market now, where lean hogs finished lower on Tuesday. October hogs dropped a dollar seven ninety two ninety. December hogs down twenty five cents at eighty four twenty two. Class three milk was mixed. The nearby August contract down a penny twenty oh eight a hundred weight, while September milk was up twenty eight cents at twenty twenty four a hundred. Lower close in the cotton market on Tuesday. October cotton down 163 points, 116.26. December cotton down 191 points at 112.23. But the big news of the day was the jump in the corn market. USDA released its latest crop ratings on Monday. They dropped the good to excellent corn crop ratings by two points down to 55%. That is the fourth lowest rating we've seen since the year 2000 and the second lowest rating we've seen since 2012. Also, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour going on throughout the Midwest and some not-so-good yield estimates coming out of the first leg of that Midwestern Crop Tour. States like Nebraska, South Dakota, and Ohio have had some drought issues, and we're seeing lower projected yields coming out of those states. All of that adding up to a big jump in the corn market with September corn up 26 and a half to close at 660 a bushel. December corn up 26 and a quarter, 655 and a quarter. The wheat market riding the coattails of the corn market higher. September Kansas City wheat up 17 and a quarter, 882 and a half. New crop July up 12 and a quarter at 870 and a quarter. On the soft wheat market, September Chicago wheat up 12 and a quarter, 782 and three quarters. New crop July up 13 and three quarters at 830 and a quarter. In the energy market, September natural gas down 43 cents at 924. October crude oil up 322 at 93.58 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 110 points, 32,952. The Nasdaq up 40 at 12,421. The S&P unchanged, 4,138. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Kerry D. Martin. That's C-A-R-E-Y-D Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. 
For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.